Today I've titled the message, No Drama. No Drama. How many of you have kind of noticed in your family that when the holidays kind of start kicking in, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, how many of you notice that drama increases in your family? Have you noticed that? Come on. Yeah, come on. I have to lift my hand. It seems like, where's the drama coming from? Why all the drama during the holidays? And when my wife and I, when we first got married, we, we, we had some drama. I mean, there would be several years of just having drama, and we would get together with her family at Christmas time, and we would play a card game called Rook. How many of you have ever played Rook before? Any Rook players? Yeah, some of you have. Okay, let me include everybody. How many of you have ever played Spades before? Welcome all the Spades players. All right, Spades is kind of like Rook. But different. All right, all right, so, but different. But, but we'd play Rook and be a card game, and oftentimes Tiffany and I would play on opposite teams of one another, and we'd play cards, and then she would start winning, and then, and then I'd get mad because she'd start talking trash. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> take that. Then her daddy started talking trash. Oh, y'all trying to gang up on her brother. Okay, I see how it is. And I'm getting mad and frustrated. And I don't like to lose. Come on, the only reason you play to lose is because you're a loser. Come on, I'm playing to win. You know what I'm saying? I'm playing to win. I'm, I'm trying to win. And I'd be so mad. And she'd dig on me and say stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, it's, it's on when we go to bed. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm going to let her know. I'm going to give her the cold shoulder and not talk, roll my eyes because I am mad. Don't you understand that a man's love language is respect? You disrespected me in front of your whole family. And I'm mad. Uh, uh, drama over Rook. <laughs> and then that season passed. We kind of matured past that. And then it was about five years ago when this ended. And, and so about seven, eight years ago, we, 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 would, we, 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 we would get ready to go to family's house for Christmas. And everything would be great before we would go. We'd be happy. And the day we were leaving to go see family for Christmas... We're loading up the car, and all of a sudden, we start getting at each other. We're running late. You forgot that. Did you get this? And we start aggravating each other, arguing. We're mad. And before we get in the car to go to family's house to celebrate Jesus, we don't even like each other. You ever been there before? And you, come on, you've been there? You get in the car. You get the kids in the back, and you're like, be quiet. Don't say, no, I know it's six hours. I don't want to hear a word. You know, because you're just mad. Then you look at your spouse. Come on, who's been there before? And you go like this. You go like, God is good. Don't talk to me. You know what I mean? It's like drama. Drama is just increases during the Christmas season. And, and the events surrounding the very first Christmas was drama. And I want to show you this in the Bible, how just the events Just to see the drama-filled events as it surrounded the very first Christmas, the birth of Christ. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Let's look at this story together. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. Now, don't don't miss that. They're they're engaged to be married, Mary and Joseph. They're in love. Invitations have been sent out. She's shopping for the wedding gown. He's looking for the tux. I mean, they're getting ready to be married. He says, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, now this story kind of reminds me and makes me think about daytime talk television. How many of you have ever witnessed and watched one of those shows when they're doing one of the baby reveals show on Who's the Daddy? You ever seen that? 
Sometimes I'm in the barber shop and they have that mess on. And, and so I'll, I'll watch it. I'm not entertained by it at all, though. You know, I'm a holy, I'm a pastor, so I'm not really entertained by it, but I just look at it a little bit. <laughs> and then one of the hosts it irritates me because one of the guys always says this. One of the hosts, it goes, we're going to find out who the baby daddy is. Could you use correct English? Could you quit talking like that, who the baby daddy is? And then, then they bring the lady out, and then they bring a man out. I'm the daddy. Yeah, yeah, you the daddy. And then they bring another man out. Yeah, I'm the daddy. Yeah, and they're arguing and fighting, and, and I'm the daddy. And then, and then they do the DNA test. Come on, you've seen it before. <laughs> then here comes the big announcement. And they come out, and we took the DNA, DNA test, and you the baby daddy. You're not. Ah, and they just go at each other on national television. And this is kind of what it was like for Joseph. Mary calls up Joe. Hey, Joseph. Hey, Joe. Joe. Joe, can you come over to the house after work? Sure, Mary. I'll come over. And Joe comes on after work. And Mary says, hey, Joe. Joe, sit down. You got, please sit down. I've got to talk to you. Real. I know I'm excited about being married. And, and, and I've been wedding shopping and getting dressed. And Mama's getting all the invitations. We've got them sit out and getting the food picked. And I got to share one thing with you. Joe, Joe, I'm pregnant. You know what Joe said, don't you? Who the baby daddy? You know what I mean? Like, like you pregnant? Like, we've been holy. It's not me. I mean, what? You're pregnant? And the first Christmas was surrounded by drama. And if someone had the right to scream, it was Joseph. If someone had the right to yell and to be angry, it was Joseph. If someone had the right to flip over tables, punch a wall, to say, I can't believe it. You've been unfaithful to me, Mary. We've been planning our wedding. We're in love. How could you do this? If there's anybody that could have caused drama, it was Joseph. But that's not how he responded at all. In fact, Joseph gives us a blueprint on how to handle drama in the home. And I want us to look at that today. I want to share with you a blueprint for no Christmas drama. A blueprint. And I realize some of you, when it comes to drama in your home, a scale of 1 to 10, you're already at a 10. So we're not going to call it a blueprint for no Christmas drama. We're going to call it a blueprint to go from a 10 to a 7 Christmas drama, okay? So we just want to help you today to decrease the Christmas drama. Number one is that is this, as we look at this text, number one on a blueprint for no Christmas drama, number one, keep your emotions in check. Keep your emotions, emotions in check. Notice in the very next verse, in Matthew 1, verse 19, it says, Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided. Come on, at all of our locations, everybody say, decided. I want you to catch it. He decided to break the engagement quietly. The Bible says he decided. In other words, he didn't just react quickly with his emotions. He didn't just fly off the handles with his emotions and his anger. No, the Bible lets us know he processed he thought about it. He reasoned. And then he decided the best way to handle the situation. And Joseph decided no drama. No drama. And the Bible talks about this approach in James chapter 1 and verse 19. It says this in James 1:19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Friends, this verse would eliminate so much drama in people's lives. 
Slow to speak, slow to become angry. Slow to speak, slow to become angry. Come on, say this with me. Slow to speak, slow to become angry. Come on, slow to speak, slow to become angry. One more time, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Yes, this verse would eliminate so much drama, but I know what some of you are thinking, but you don't know what they did. Slow to speak. But they deserve it. Slow to speak. I'm going to tell them a thing or two this Christmas. Slow to speak. They ate the last piece of pie. Come on, I mean, you just don't eat the last piece of pie. You know that, don't you? This week in my house, in my home, my my oldest son on December the 3rd turned 12 years old. And so that morning, Tiffany got up a little early and she made what's called monkey bread. And it's this sweet kind of breakfast dessert. I don't know why we call it breakfast because it's like a dessert. It's sweet and, and the kids love it. And so celebrating Kel, they were eating monkey bread. And Tiffany made a whole pan of monkey bread. And, and I was disciplined. I thought, you know what? I can't afford the calories early in the morning. So I'm going to eat. I ate a little bitty bowl of cereal. And I thought about monkey bread the whole rest of the day. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I did good today. I can't wait to get home and eat some monkey bread. It was all day of work, and after work, the kids had ball games, and we had four kids going multiple ways for practices, and so we're ripping and running. Finally get home, 8, 8 9 o'clock at night, and I, couldn't, I walked in the kitchen looking for the monkey bread. I looked on the stove, where's the monkey bread? I said, Tiffany, is, we still have monkey bread? She goes, yes, you'll be in the kitchen. I said, I don't see any. One of the kids screamed out, we ate all the monkey bread. You What? You did what? Who ate the monkey bread? Well, she ate a lot of it, but I had some too, and so did he. It's not even your birthday. How you eat all the monkey bread in one day, and it's not your birthday? Slow to speak. Slow to speak, Herbert. Slow to speak. You don't eat the last piece of monkey bread. You said what to my child? Slow to speak. I'm about to lose my mind. Slow to anger. You're making me mad. Slow to anger. Lord, help us. Help us not to react based on our emotions. Help us to keep our emotions in check. Help us to be slow to speak and slow to anger. No drama. No drama. Joseph decided. I'm not going to create drama. Number two is this. A second key to having a no drama Christmas. Number two is don't disgrace your family. Don't disgrace your family. Notice this in Matthew 1 and verse 19. It says, Joseph, her fiance, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. Get the picture here. He's in love with Mary. They're pledged to be married. She's a virgin. And now he finds out she's pregnant. He believes she has been unfaithful to him. And if there's ever a time to make her look bad in public, it's now. <laughs> there's ever a time because you're angry and you're mad and your heart's been broken to disgrace her in front of her family, it is now. If there's ever a time to trash her name on Facebook in front of her friends, it is now. But Joseph doesn't want to disgrace Mary publicly. You see, Joseph already knows that the situation is drama. And the last thing he wants to do is add more drama to it. You see, friends, we can't control what other people do. 
Joseph could not control Mary. He thought things about her that were untrue, but he could not control Mary. And you can't control your family members. You can't control what they do. You can't control if they decide to start a fire. But friends, can I tell you what you can control? You can control you. You can make a decision to walk away from the fire, or you can make a decision to add wood to the fire. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 26 and verse number 20, without wood, this is for somebody today, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. And some of you are adding wood to the fire. Listen, you can't help that the fire got started, but you don't have to add wood to the fire. And some of you are adding wood to the family fire. You're on social media and you're talking about your family. You're making them look bad. You're saying things. You're telling little family secrets that only you all know. You're putting little stuff on Instagram and tweeting stuff out, trying to get on people's nerves. And you're just putting wood on the fire. Some of you are gossiping about your family. Some of you are lying on your family because they lied on you. You're putting wood on the fire. Some of you walk in the middle of the living room with your family. You just give the silent treatment to everybody. There's body language going off it, but I'm not saying anything, but you're, just, you're funky still. Amen. You're just putting off bad body language. Some of you make up stories. How many know family members that just make up stories? They take a little truth and embellish it. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, there's this little argument going on in the family, and then somebody in the family catches wind of it, and they just embellish it. You know what I heard? I heard they were screaming and yelling, throwing stuff at each other. Then he left out the house stomping and said he's getting a divorce, and we didn't got divorce papers. I heard they kicked their 10-year-old out the house to the boys homeless. That did not happen. They were having an argument. And you're putting wood on the fire. Friends, let's not be people who disgrace our family. Publicly, don't put wood on the fire. Some of you need to put the wood down. Some of you need to let, put the gasoline can down. You're throwing gas on the fire. Some of you need to put the matches and just grab them and throw them away. My wife and I made a commitment to one another before we got married 18 years ago that we would not disgrace each other publicly. It's one of the best decisions that we've ever made because we've been arguing in her home or my home and with our family around and upset at one another, going in the room, closing the door, mad at each other. I can't believe you did that. But I never went downstairs and said, let me tell you about your crazy daughter. I never did that. She never said, mama, I don't know why I married that crazy man. That never happened. I'm not saying you don't go seek help if you need help. I'm just saying we made a decision. We're not going to disgrace each other publicly. We're not going to put each other out on Instagram and Facebook and make each other look bad. We're not going to disgrace each other publicly and put wood on the fire. No drama. No drama. Number three is this. Number three is this. A blueprint for no Christmas drama. Listen carefully to God. Listen carefully to God. Matthew chapter 1, the verse, verse, next verse, verse 20 says, as he considered this, and the context is this, Joseph is, has decided he's going to leave Mary. He's not going to marry her. She's pregnant. He's going to be done with her. He's going to do it in a nice way, not going to publicly disgrace her, but he's done. And as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in, in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will, con will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Joseph listened to what God had to say. He was going to leave Mary, but he listened to God. He didn't listen to his friends. His friends would have said, man, you better get away from her. He didn't listen to what his family had to say. He listened to God. He listened to what God had to say because God always knows best. God always knows what lies ahead. God always knows what our eyes can't see. And Joseph would have just created more drama for himself and more drama for Mary if he wouldn't have listened to God. We have to be quick to listen to God. I read it to you a moment ago in James chapter 1 and verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry, but quick to listen. And the first person we need to be quick to listen to is God. Be quick to listen to God. Some of you find yourself in drama, and the drama is increasing because you're listening to the wrong voices. You're not listening to God. You're listening to all the wrong voices, and drama is increasing in your life. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 3, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice. The sheep recognize God's voice. Do you recognize God's voice? Do you know the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of you? Do you know the Bible? Come on, we have to get our face off Facebook and get our face in his book so that we know what the Bible says. Do, do, uh, is your face in his book? Come on, that's why, that's why church is important, so we know what God says. and That's why getting ourselves around godly people who love the Lord is so important, and we have to recognize. Do you recognize his voice? It goes on to say, and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered, gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They know God's voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Whose voice are you following? Whose voice are you following? Some of you say, well, I'm following my mom's voice, but your mom doesn't know Jesus. She's giving you wheels off counsel. Who, whose voice are you following? Some say, well, I'm following my friend's voice. I listen to what my friends have to say. But your friend has more drama than you have in your life. I always think that's fascinating when people talk to me. Well, Pastor, I'm listening to such and such. And I'm, I'm listening to what such and such has to say. But such and such, their life has more drama than you have. Why are you listening to them? Well, I'm getting marriage advice, Pastor. Who you get marriage advice from? From somebody at work, but they're not even married. <laughs> Why? Their marriage is 20 times worse than yours. Why are you listening to their voice? His sheep know his voice. You have to listen to God, listen to God, listen to God. One of the best things that I've ever done for my life is decide I'm going to live a life that listens to God. And so I get up every morning and I get myself in his book, in the Bible. I, I'm in church. I'm in the word of God. I'm hearing the word of God. I've got strong Christian friends around me that give me godly counsel. The best thing that I do for my life, my family, my marriage is listen to God. Listen to God. You know what listening to God has caused me to do? It's caused me to have to go to Tiffany on numerous occasions. Say, I'm sorry. 
apologize. If I wasn't listening to God, <laughs> that would not happen. Listen to God. Listen to God. Number four is this. Number four is this. Joseph, listen to the angel of the Lord. Marry her. Okay, I'll do it. Number four is this. Do what God says. This is so critical. I, I, I want to tell you how to be blessed this Christmas season and see the drama decrease. Do what God says. Notice in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 25, when Joseph woke up, he did. Come on, all of our locations, everybody say, he did. Notice that he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, pregnant Mary. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. And how many of you men know if you marry a woman and you do not have sex with her after you marry her, you really listen to God? How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, you must have heard from the Lord. Enough said. I'm moving right along. Here's what I want you to understand. Listening is hard, but doing is even harder. Listening is hard, but doing is even harder. There's no doubt that Joseph was ridiculed, laughed at, and mocked for marrying this lady who was pregnant and, and the baby was not his. He was ridiculed and laughed at, but Joseph still obeyed the Lord. He did what God said. And friends, can I tell you, he was blessed. Joseph is the only person, only man who has ever walked the planet earth that can say, I raised Jesus. I invested in the Son of God. He was in my house. He was blessed because he did what God said. James chapter 1 and verse 22 says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. But I hear it, Pastor. I listen, I listen, I listen. Don't just listen and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what it looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, the word of God, that gives freedom. You, you look at the word, you obey the word, you live by the word. It brings freedom. It brings peace. It brings joy. It decreases drama and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it. But doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Pastor, how can I be blessed this Christmas season? How can my family be blessed? How can my life be blessed? How can my marriage, my children be blessed? How can we be blessed? Do what God says. But I know better, Pastor. No, you don't do what God says. Well, I know what I need to do with my uncle. No, you don't do what God says. I know how to fix my marriage. No, you don't do what God says. You'll be blessed. And God is going to tell you to forgive some people this Christmas season. It won't be easy, but do what God says. God is going to tell you and some of you in a situation, he's going to have you in a situation with your family. He's going to say, turn the other cheek. It won't be easy, but do what God says. God is going to tell some of you, quit being selfish with your family and go ahead and sacrifice for them. Do what God says God is going to tell some of you to bite your tongue hold your tongue stop talking do what God says God is going to tell you to buy a Christmas gift for a family member that hurt you deeply do what God says God is going to tell some of you 
put down the wood. Don't put wood on that fire. Do what God says. And James says, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do.